Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Moses was tending sheep when suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And God said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon they standest is holy ground. Any bush could have been burning anywhere. It's all holy ground. It's all holy, already holy. But we forget. To remember is the spiritual practice of honoring the spirit of place. Frederick and Marianne Broussard write, finding our place in the world, enjoying its bounties, celebrating its wonders, and giving thanks for its gifts are all necessary steps on the spiritual journey. The spirit of place is at the intersection of its architecture or physical location and its intangibles the people, stories, arts, animals, and memories it holds. Consciously acknowledging our relationship to places is a discipline that enables us to recognize that the ground on which we stand is holy. We lay claim to the life these beloved places give us, the way they bring us life, bring us to life, and nourish us. We are nourished by the spirit of place. When my beloved friend and colleague, Mary Harrington, was living her final year with ALS, she and her husband, Marty, moved from here to a little house with a big view of the confluence of two rivers off the coast of Maine. At the time, their friends in Boston fretted about their isolation. We were wrong. The nights were fearsome. But Mary always reminded us, reciting from Psalm 30, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Each day, even as her physical agency drained away with agonizing surety, her soul was utterly uplifted as she gazed for hours out their bedroom window overlooking the marsh, watching the shorebirds and small animals and the rise and fall of tides. She read poet Mary Oliver, who wrote, All night I heard the small kingdoms breathing, 
breathing around me the insects and the birds who do their work in the darkness. All night, I rose and fell as if in water, grappling with a luminous doom. By morning, I had vanished at least a dozen times into something better. This is the chorus of the psalmist's song, Green Pastures and Still Waters Restore Our Souls. Place, the spirit of place, restores our souls. What are your special spiritual places? Where do you go to be restored? In my imagination, I see the small sanctuary of my childhood church, like the inside of a teacup. The canoe rack by the lake shore and favorite tent sites at my summer camp and campfires with singing and burning marshmallows and huge night skies. The running loop over the covered bridge in my college town. The Japanese sendo where I practice as a 20 year old a stream sidewalk in a little Andean town near where our younger daughters were born. So many places have inspired, uplifted, comforted, and nourished me. The list continues, this sanctuary, beautiful in every light and in the dark, but especially now at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings with you. The woods where the great blue heron nests, where I run each morning, a tent, a cabin, the fireplace in our apartment, and several fireplaces actually made precious by the people with whom I shared the fire. A lighthouse beach, and a seaside walk to another lighthouse, and a long hike along a creek to a mighty river. And then there's Boston coming into view at the end of a flight home, our beautiful city, and the whole Commonwealth filling my heart and my soul. Kentucky farmer and poet Wendell Berry wrote, this place, if I am to live well in it, requires and deserves a lifetime of the most careful attention. To live well invites us to engage deeply in the spirit of a place, to give ourselves to it as it gives itself to us. Poetry is full of the spirit of place. Who are, here are two favorites. In 1888, William Butler Yeats was walking down Fleet Street in London when the sound of water coming from a fountain in a shop window set him to longing for the seclusion of Innisfree an uninhabited island in Laogil. In the poem this experience inspired, he imagines building a small cabin where he can have some peace. He's deeply nourished by this experience of the spirit of place. The poem concludes, I will arise and go now, for always night and day I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavements gray, I hear it in the deep 
heart's core. And 15 years after that, in 1903, poet uh, Reiner Maria Rilke wrote in a letter to a young poet, and even if you were in some prison, the walls of which let none of the sounds of the world come to your senses, would you not then still have that precious royal possession, the treasure house of memories? Alfonso Ortiz is a Tewa Pueblo, Pueblo Indian. One summer, he and his friend, also a Tewa, headed to Ute country to share in the blessings of their Sundance. Alfonso Ortiz writes, my companion had never been in the southwestern part of Colorado before. As the massive outcropping that is known today as Chimney Rock loomed larger and larger beyond the road ahead, he became very alert. Pointing to it, he said, there's Fire Mountain. It's just as the old people spoke of it. And he recognized distinct features of the place and proceeded to unfold tale after tale of events in the early life of our people that took place at Fire Mountain. Every prominent feature along the road began to live for him. And as he spoke of that remembered place, remembered only through story, we, each of us, began to realize that we were retracing a portion of the ancient journey of our people. Places of spirit can be handed down. Good gifts that have sustained those we love and will hold us and help us and heal us after our loved ones are gone. In October of 2008, a meeting of the Canadian National Committee of the International Council on Monuments and Sites was held in Quebec and resulted in a declaration on the preservation of the spirit of place. Imagine. The declaration begins Recognizing that the spirit of place is made up of tangible elements, sites, buildings, landscapes, roots, objects, as well as intangible objects, memories, narratives, written documents, festivals, commemorations, rituals, traditions, knowledge, values, textures, colors, odors, which all significantly contribute to making a place and to giving it spirit, we declare that intangible cultural heritage gives a richer and more complete meaning to heritage as a whole. And it must be taken into account as on all the legislation concerning cultural heritage and in all conversation and conservation and restoration projects for monuments, sites, landscapes, roots, and collections of objects. Imagine legislating attention to holiness. I'll close with this. It's a wonderful account by one of the organizers of the huge anti-nuclear anti demonstration held in New York City in June of 1982 that says something profound about the spirit of place. The organizer writes about the vision for the day and the excitement of getting reports that 700 people were coming from Tulsa, 5,000 arriving from Cleveland, and a woman from a little town in the Midwest called and said, I've gone ahead and rented this bus, but I'm not sure anyone in this town really knows about the march. Could you send me a few posters? 
This woman just knew that the bus would fill up. And then it was time for the march, and there were so many people crowded into the side streets waiting to join the main route that it took four hours for the march to get going. The organizer says what was most extraordinary was the way in which people stayed in place right where they were for four hours. Here we stand. You had only the ground on which you were standing. It was that close. You'd think there would be great impatience, restlessness, irritability, but none of that. It was a joy. People seemed to understand that the way we were standing our ground in place, in peace, was as much a statement as the march itself, maybe more. It wasn't just something we were doing. It was the way we were being. Having felt it, it was not anything we were likely to forget for whatever actions we are going to be called for on the longer march ahead. Beloved spiritual companions, we are called to honor the spiritual practice, called to that practice of honoring the spirit of place. What are your special places? Go there or go in your imagination and be nourished. And for whatever is going to be called on in the longer march ahead, let the spirit of this place restore our souls, this place, this beautiful spiritual home made holy by this beloved community of memory and hope, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This is holy ground.